This is Rating Descending. Where we watch IMDb's worst 250 films so you don't have to. My name is Michelle St. Clair. My name is Abigail Ward. And at 250, we're watching Nothing to Lose, self-financed fictional biopic of Brazilian bishop Eder Macedo, founder of the Universal Church of the Kingdom of God and owner of Record TV Network. Let's watch. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> that was the shittest film. Holy I have, shit. I mean, I can't say that I've ever watched because literally our mission is to watch 249 films that are worse than this. Yeah. But that was fucking shocking. That was. That was really so- Here's the thing. Um, Sorry, this is my, yeah. my alcoholic beverage. To, to just immediately launch into almost like the beginning of the plot before we get into any overarching things, like... What really struck me in the like the very beginning is how it really didn't piece together very well. And it got worse with every scene. You know how like a lot of directors are like, cool, we're doing a biopic and a lot of screenwriters, they're doing a biopic so they structure the film still with a three-act structure around the life of somebody. Mm. This was not that. This was like four <laughs> different films with four different yeah, structures first, that were loosely tied together. The first half is like eight short films. Yeah. And then the second <laughs> half is like three movies. Wait, let, first of all, let's distinguish yeah. the rating on IMDb okay, like, before so we get like too far into it. So we watched Nothing to Lose, which is a rating of 5.5 out of 10. Which is not as low as you'd think. However, the next film is like 4 point something, so there's a big yeah. gap. Here's what gets me about that, right? Because it's 5.5. To be on the list, it has to have above 10,000 ratings. It, that suggests to me... I actually have a fun thing about the rating, but I'll tell you later. Uh, the fact that there's not that many like non-English movies on the on the list which suggests to me either this is astronomically bad for mm. a brazilian movie yes. that it was so turfed or english-speaking movies just have a much lower floor of quality <laughs> and the implications of that are, are i'm obsessed with it yeah i kept wondering what the brazilian film industry is like like mm. it makes me want to watch more brazilian films just to know where the bar is because this was just I mean, I, I feel like this isn't a fair representation of Brazilian cinema, <laughs> especially because it's a self-financed biopic, which means that one man was like, I want to make a movie about my life, so I'm going to use my company funds to make a movie about my life. That's what I figure. Mm. But you know more about this film than I do. You are steering the conversation yeah. tonight about this film, so please inform me more about this okay. disgusting film and give us a little rundown. Yeah, so, so <laughs> the movie is about his life for people who are listening who haven't watched it. The movie's just about his life. It starts when he's a little kid and then sort of dramatically increases in age up until he's some age <laughs> i have a lot of i have a lot of notes about his age like i have a lot my first thing that i wrote down i wrote notes for this film because i'm taking this podcast seriously um my first note was 1962 to 1971 question mark character age is nine years but actor it looks like he's 30 years older yeah, i literally wrote in my notes what's his age he looks 46 but i think he's meant to be 30 i think he's meant to be 30 <laughs> yeah and yet his wife still looks like a fresh-faced 20 yeah. year old because that's what got me i'm like his wife is 20 and we saw her when she was 10 and he was like 20 wait, so wait, why does he look like he's 50 let's return to the age okay Keep telling us more about this film. okay yeah so it follows him until he's in his somewhere between between 40 and 60 
uh, and then just like goes through a particular chapter of the church that he founded. So that's a huge part. Eddie Macedo, I looked him up. He is the founder of the Universal Church of the Kingdom of God, which he founded. If you watch the movie, you find out he founded it after people didn't believe in him hard enough. (laughs) (laughs) And he also owns the second largest TV network in Brazil. It kind of feels like... Yeah, Radio TV Network, right? Record TV. Record TV. It kind of feels like if Rupert Murdoch and Brian Houston, the guy who founded Hillsong, were the same person and they made a movie about how awesome they are. I thought you were going to (laughs) say Brian Jones, so... Oh, that, well, that works too. Yeah. Now I went for Hillsong because it's Jim like... Jim Jones. Jim Jones. I meant Jim Jones, not Brian Jones. I was thinking <laughs> of the band. I'm so stupid. Anyway, go on. Yeah, it's so weird. I also wrote down that like the whole vibe of this movie because of that is like the opposite of the social network where like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I... What, okay, my takeaway from the film was like it's... it's He's a cult leader, yeah. but he's also a businessman. But the film is being like, I don't want to be a businessman. I want to be a cult leader because I love God. I don't want to do this. <laughs> and then they put him in prison because he has a cult and well, he's upset about it. Important about him having a cult, though, is that like it's really like one of the early mega churches. Mm. Like the, the modern... Like ever or in Brazil? I th- I f- well, megachurches yeah. weren't really a thing until post the 50s. So I would imagine it's like... An- but this was like the late 70s, early well, 80s. Exactly. But like think the most of the big megachurches like Hillsong didn't come around until even like the 80s and 90s. Oh yeah, I guess I am thinking of like smaller cults. Yeah, it, it's a, it's a megachurch. It's yeah. that whole modern thing where it's based off of the Holy Spirit and it's, it's prosperity religion, which means it's all about how wealthy you'll get. Thus, the pastors have to be super wealthy as well. Oh, my God. So, like, I mean, without making it just, like, a whole thing about religion, it's impossible to divorce this movie from that, though. The, yeah. what, the whole thing is that it's it it's it's not disingenuous to call it a cult because it's very culty, but it's a, it's a Christian megachurch that this guy was just like, you know what? The Catholic church sucks. I'm into that. And then he was <laughs> like, I'm going to do my own thing. Okay, and then he was like, I'm going to make my own thing about everyone giving me money because I'm the only one who can talk about God. Yeah. (laughs) He's the villain in, like, 40 other movies. (laughs) (laughs) He 100% is. Like, I love that it's a film about this God-loving man who creates a megachurch. Yeah. We call it that. Um, He creates a megachurch, and everyone in his life loves him and adores him. He faces no conflict, and in the end, he's imprisoned for a really short amount of time, and then they release him very easily. Yeah. That's the film, right? And I love it because the film is like, love me, love me, I'm a good guy. Mm. But also you see him being, like, emotionally manipulative to his wife. Yeah. And really mean to the people around him. And just, like... There's a scene in what I thought was, like near the middle but it was actually only 20 minutes in where he's where? like newly married to his wife and they're looking and, at the house and looking at the house I wrote, and he's oh. being shitty and abusive and then she's like you're being shitty i'm not so sure about this and he's like no let me explain to you why it's cool yeah so i wrote like some really fragmented notes about this film but i wrote a whole paragraph about that house hunting scene <laughs> film because what happens i wrote down He's so creepy with his girlfriend. That's one note. And then underneath it said, I'd be pissed if he made out with me. That's another note. (laughs) But then it jumps to the paragraph because really we see them walking through a park. Mm -hmm. And then he takes it to a movie and he says, I've been waiting for you all my life. And then they passionately make out in front of the movie, the the, the movie that they're watching called Love Story. Mm. Um, And then the next scene is them looking at houses together. Oh, no, sorry. I, I forget. She wakes up late. 
Uh, yes. She wakes up late for the day and he calls her being like, what the fuck? You're not allowed to wake up late. You can't be my wife if you wake up late. And then they go house hunting and she's late by an hour and he is so manipulative and yeah. abusive to her. And then it ends with her saying, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Then they kiss and she realizes that she has to be a better woman for her husband. It's the end of the of the conflict <laughs> yeah. is he's just allowed to be abusive. That's what I love about this movie is that there's a small conflict in every scene that's resolved in the same scene. Yeah. Which is not storytelling. It's not in films. <laughs> no. Well, like I said, it, he, he's the villainous character in every other movie. Yeah. Oh, he's so scary. Like, again, mm. what else I wrote was... He's upset she's late. He's so mean. And then I said, is she going to dump him? Yes, bitch. That was my notes for that yeah. scene. Because my, he's so scary. My only note for that scene was literally just, he's the worst. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, okay, so to go back into the plot. So it begins with him as a kid. He, like, falls down a tree and his mom is like, no, <laughs> God's going to let you climb mountains. mountains. That was the scene. Okay, so when the movie started, I was like, oh, no, this is kind of a mediocre film, not a bad yeah. film. And then the scene with his mom happened where she said, you'll climb mountains. And the music swelled. And I was like... Like, oh, I'm actually in for a shitstorm of a film. So by the second scene where he's a teenager, I had the thought, like, I've described really bad movies as feeling like an alien has heard of movies and is trying to replicate the human desire to make movies. This is not like that. This is like if the only movies uh, someone watched was movies nominated for Oscars that never won. You know, mm. like Green Book or Shakespeare in Love and all of that sort of like where it's like so clearly Oscar bait sort mm. of stuff. And, and just, like, tried to replicate that, but they have no sense of human emotion. 100%. And again, like, no knowledge of, like, story craft as well. <laughs> humanity. <laughs> humanity, but they don't know how to write proper conflict, proper interesting characters, mm. proper tension. Like, they, I don't, I feel like whoever wrote the film had never actually, writ, like, watched a biopic. Yeah. It had no structure to it. It was wild. The scene transitions, by the way, would would come thick and fast. Like, there's a bit... He's a teenager. We see how he's really poor as a teenager. My favorite bit... Well, one of my favorite bits was 100% when he's talking to his at-the-time girlfriend and he's like, I've, I'm finding God. And she's like, no, but I want to be free and go to parties. And I'm like, so we're meant to hate her <laughs> yeah yeah he literally said she said you won't even have sex with me anymore and he says i want to respect you and i can't if we have sex <laughs> and we're like he's the good guy he's yeah. and what confused me is that in the first 20 minutes of the film in at the 20 minute mark there was literally a shot of him in the church and he's covered in rain and crying being like god show me now this is it and you're like are we in the third act climax like i don't understand how, how is every so like desperate? time set was its own short film that was bad and then yeah. they were just next to each other the first 20 minutes was his own film and then we went into the other film not even 20 minutes because we were 20 minutes in and i thought we we're at the midpoint <laughs> no we were 20 minutes in and it's when he literally ages into a old man ostensibly <laughs> 30, 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we cut to him and it's like nine years later and he's aged by 32 years precisely <laughs> <laughs> more than doubled in age yeah. <laughs> and by the way it does it by he's walking and then like he walks past a post and he walks out as an older man and the mm. music does this like jaunty scene mm. transition by the way the music is its own category of badness 100 <laughs> percent. I, I don't even know where to start with the music i thought i'd just leave it out. <laughs> yeah i mean brooke heard me laugh several times and it was almost exclusively at the music cues <laughs> yeah so he's a little boy he transitions into a young man then tr- ages 30 years but really it's been nine years yeah and then he's 
the youngish man that he is and he meets his wife Mm -hmm. and they fall in love for whatever the fuck reason. And then there's a bit where his wife says to their preacher, I want to get married to this man. Will you officiate our wedding? And he's like, why didn't you ask me earlier? I don't approve of this marriage. Plus, if you have children, he has a defect in his hand. Your children will have defects. And I was like, what defect in his hand? Oh my God, I just realized they're connecting that dot to later when the daughter has a cleft palate. But how does that make sense? It doesn't make any sense. defect hand, your daughter will get a cleft lip, which also doesn't actually eventuate in any conflict in the story. They're just worried about it. Yeah, well, I want to get to that, but I want it to be its own thing. So like he's, he's going around his life. Again, so much of this movie is like, look at how hard this billionaire pastor had it when he was 30. He's a bishop. He's also a billionaire. Yeah. But he wants to be a bishop only. (laughs) It's so hard being a billionaire. But yeah, so we we go through, he has a daughter, he's like just working hard ostensibly. And there's like the whole section where there's his like brother-in-law wants to start his own church. So uh, Ed Ed starts working there. Do you mean the brother-in-law, the guy that's married to, his sister that was cured by God? Yes. Yeah, the sister that has (laughs) asthma and is on death's bed and then she listens to a radio station (laughs) that is preaching the words of God and she heals within weeks. Yeah. It helps her. When she listens to this radio program, it's like she can breathe again. Like it's like God's opening her lungs again. Really quick question. Sorry, sidebar. Mm. Did you watch it? In Brazilian with subtitles, or did you watch it with English dubbing by Netflix? Okay, so you mentioned that the English dubbing was bad, so I wanted to, for variety, watch it in Portuguese with the subtitles. Good choice. Because I wanted, my, my thought process behind that was like, I've heard the Netflix dubbing is bad. One of us should watch it like that. But also, I, I want to make fun of this movie because it's really bad, yeah. not because someone else did a bad job. And that's the thing. There was a couple of times that I thought the film was dumb because the dubbing was bad, which is not the film's fault. It is Netflix's fault. Yeah. But I can say, in Portuguese, also stupid. Yeah. Oh, and with English dubbing, way worse. I like highly recommend the English dubbing. It's so good. And it's yeah. it's clear that they're using the same three actors again and again, just with different kind of tinges to their accent. It's exceptional it's such quality amusement please do that uh but yeah so that he he starts working at his at his stepbrother's church but his stepbrother like clearly just wants it to be about him and you know whereas edda just wants it to be about god you know and they just don't believe in him hard enough Mm. (laughs) really crazy but what really gets me so there's the bit He's not being believed in very hard. And then, like, the midpoint begins by they're at, like, the picnic where he's especially not believed in very hard. And then he kneels in the grass and starts laughing. And I'm like, this is... No, no, he starts sobbing. And then he laughs. And I loved that scene because no one gave a shit. They didn't give him the time (laughs) of day. No one turned around to acknowledge that a grown man was literally kneeling on the grass going... (laughs) No one cared. It looked like a scene out of Joker. I'm like, this is where he turns into a psychopath. Like what? What is endearing or sympathetic about this moment? Yeah, I. It was actually my favorite scene because God, I loved watching him fail. <laughs> if it ended there, I would have been happy. Yeah, it should have just faded to black. <laughs> but like the bit that okay, so that bit was crazy. Also, I wrote down around this point, sneaky hunch, which is how he moves. Sneaky hunch. <laughs> um, but 
So after that, he has, a, he has the birth of a second daughter. And I really wanted to talk about this bit because I found it so outrageously offensive and mean. Yes. Oh, the birth of the second daughter eventuated nothing and was super upsetting. Yeah. So the, the, the second daughter's bo- born and they're really worried because they're like, why won't they let me see her? Why won't they let me see her? And then the, he storms into the doctor because that's what he does is he consistently doesn't listen to other people's advice and then makes everybody upset, but we're meant to sympathize with him. Um, and... And then the doctor is like, she's deformed. She's disgusting. She's gross. She has a cleft lip. (laughs) (laughs) And then they let them look at the daughter. And I think he says to his wife, like Adir says to um, his wife, he says like, don't look at her. She has a horrible deformity while she's looking at her. (laughs) They kept referring to it as a deformity. A horrible deformity. I had to re-look up what a cleft lip was to make sure that I wasn't misremembering what a cleft lip is. They're super common. They're actually quite common. Yeah, I know like two different people with a cleft lip growing up yeah maybe but they made it out like they might have to put the child down (laughs) yeah like like, they might have to reject the child never have quality of life the music (laughs) swells and the doctor's like look this is the deal all right like (laughs) this is why we can't show you a human child it's It's because she's got a cleft lip and we think you might vomit if you look at her yeah the doctor even describes how like with a few surgeries she'll be fine no, he specifically states with 10 surgeries. Like, he knows the exact amount that she'll need to fix her cleft lip. And then the daughter grows up to be totally normal, totally fine. No, no important. So the daughter grows up to us as as normal people. <laughs> she's fine. But to the audience, she's the one who doesn't get married. She's always, like, by her mother's side. And she this has hideous almost unnoticeable scars on her lip to us she seems fine but we know that deep down she's broken by her parents yeah. i think she's still a horrible she always deformed has a sadness child. in her eyes <laughs> yeah they they literally don't show the baby's face until years later where they just like put a band-aid over it i'm like if it can be solved solved not something that needs to be solved no. but if it could be solved by a band-aid it's not so bad i love the <laughs> i love the enormous deal they made out of this baby with a cleft lip that again didn't affect the story at all after that no. moment there was one shot of the baby getting rushed into a surgery and the mum looking away sad and that was it no but you don't understand see he specifically says i wrote down this line he gets so upset and then he goes i kn- i get it now this is what god's <laughs> telling me and yeah. he says now i really understand people's suffering <laughs> yeah no no he's he he looks at the window and then he turns around he smashes his wife's hospital bed with his fist gets mm. on his knees and says i get it now so he has a revelation and yeah. he understands it now, but this is, that doesn't matter after that point. This is literally him understanding all human suffering was having a child with a cleft lip. I, I can't <laughs> handle this. But she'll never marry. <laughs> which is her one duty to her father. Yeah. but that, So then after that, he, he quits working at uh, the lottery, which was his like day job, was doing math at the lottery. Um, and then he starts like preaching in a park yeah. and I felt very validated because I've always hated the preachers at Sydney town hall who stand there and proselytize, Honestly. but now I feel very validated because Even I know like, if we encourage them, they'll go on to become billionaires who own like TV networks. Even people that actually are religious are annoyed by people on soapboxes. Yeah. The people at town hall, they stand on this piece of cardboard and they, they just rant for 10 hours a day. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, go home. But apparently they might start huge social movements that disrupt (laughs) the culture of Brazil. This is my question to you, though. How much of this film is true to the real life of Adil? 
Um, I, I I couldn't find a huge amount of resources in English. It seems like a lot of the the opening stuff is like the midpoint between apocryphal and true, where like the broad events seem roughly true. Some of the stuff about his stepbrother's church was wrong, like not true at all. How it shook down the whole him getting shunned was the opposite it he didn't like what his brother was doing and then he got voted to the head of the church um but like a, a lot of the second half is true but it's like all from the villain perspective i guess what i really want to know yeah is when he did get released from his like one week stunt in prison mm. Was there a crowd of 30,000 people I don't know. cheering for him? That's what I want to know. See, I have no idea. Because as we've mentioned, this film is self-financed. Yeah. Adir himself wanted this film to be made about him to glorify him as a prophet of God. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so I just want to know how much of it is accurate because well, I'm estimating it's a solid 7%. Here's the bit that got me. To jump ahead to the ending, like... We get right to the end. So we've just gone through the whole movie and that we've this whole, it's basically just like a Christ metaphor. He is being persecuted. Um, we get to the end. We're meant to deeply sympathize with him and understand him and think he's a human, amazing, wonderful person. And then he starts going, see, there's nothing financially wrong with the church. And I'm like, the whole movie Look is at just my about documents. your corruption scandal. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just And when you watch it, you're like, okay, cool. It. But obviously there was a corruption scandal. Like, yeah. Obviously you've done something wrong. <laughs> I mean, literally, I looked it up, and a lot of the the, the head pastors and stuff have said, like, oh, no, no. What kind of pastors? Spaghetti, linguine. Gross. I'm not into Uh, that. A lot of them have said they they live really rich because they're like, well, we teach about prosperity and that our our members will get prosperity, so we have to look prosperous. That's what Scientologists say. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it was crazy how I got to the end and I'm like, the whole thing is just about his own personal scandals. And it's crazy how I got to the end. <laughs> you know? But Cheers I, to me. I'm fine with like skipping ahead because the second half of the movie got more and more incomprehensible. Mm. But, but. I actually couldn't follow why he suddenly got stormed by the police and why he was actually being because the persecuted Brazilian with heavy quotes around government that didn't like him because they thought he was corrupt and that he was actually like also, wandering it, money through his business right I, I looked up about the the uh, cuz there's the bit where he he like looks at the news and he's like this will be great for me so i can buy record tv i looked it up what he's referring to is when the first democratically elected president in 30 years in brazil was elected he froze the bank accounts of a lot of poor people to use as government money wait a deer did no 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 no, no. The, oh, the, the president okay. yeah and it uh, checks out tanked the economy and yeah. he got impeached yeah and it was really, and he was saying that'll be good for me, I assume, because then the stocks were low, so he was able to buy it. It was weird how they spun it as a personal mm. triumph for him. For a lot of people to lose money. Well, it, it's literally referring to the worst economic crisis in mm. Brazil of the last 50 years. And it was really weird to watch it, to watch a billionaire go, this is great for me. And women to sympathize with him. He's not a them. billionaire. He's a bishop. Please. He's you're not, not, okay, you're not, obviously you didn't watch the movie right. There is not enough respect for a deer at this table. I would like us to stop and to reconsider how we're approaching this movie. He is a prophet. All right. He is speaking Lord's truths. He will. And this is what he said he would do, which really freaked me out. He would, he's winning souls for God. All uh-huh. right. 
and my soul consider me one right? <laughs> don't laugh the main two things i still want to talk about when it comes to the plot and then i'll get to like facts and stuff about it one is the bit so he's starting up the church well he's still like talking in the grandstand and then there's that one guy albino and he he takes Edit to his wife who is just like on the ground you think he, she's just depressed and then she starts talking in a demonic voice and he <gasps> oh, exercises yeah. the exorcism her. scene that was incredible what i loved okay the highlight for me of that scene was I that can't. he pulls up in his car he walks into the house we see this woman writhing in her bed and he walks into the room and he walks up to the man across the room and he stands about an inch from his face and saying like where is she what's happening <laughs> <laughs> like you're a video game character that's missed the actual action in the corner of the room and you've gone to the person like the first person that you can see <laughs> It was such a good scene. And he looks at her and he says a couple of words, James Wood style. Yeah. From Scary Movie. Yeah. Two. Um, and then she kind of lifts off the ground and crouches demonically. And then the, the word of God enters her soul Just, and makes her light up. Yeah. It was like over an hour in, we haven't seen anything supernatural. These are also new characters to us. Entirely like just new characters. been introduced. She's literally lying on the floor and I'm, I think she's just like depressed or knocked out or something. And then, yeah, he says a few words and she lifts, hysteria. and she lifts off the ground and starts speaking in a demonic voice. Like, she was literally possessed. Yeah. This is an autobiography. <laughs> 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 well, I, for one, believe him. The other thing I wanted to talk about was the bit, I, I just, I need to restate this quote. So when he's buying the TV network... Um, and the they're pushing. <laughs> I know what you're about to say. <laughs> okay, because they're they're pushing back against him, and then he's like getting really indignant that he's going to get the license for the TV network, and he says the only way they'll get the TV that license is to walk over Jesus's dead, dead body. body. <laughs> yeah, I remember that scene. I knew you'd bring that up. And I there's so many like nuggets of gold in this film. Can there we just is. take a moment to appreciate? There's a scene where. Um, He's really upset over not being allowed to be a bishop, I guess. Yeah. And then he gets in his car and starts driving with his wife frantically throughout the roads. And suddenly they (laughs) see a bus and she goes, no, stop it, dear. We can't make it. And he says, we have to make it. And he squeezes his little beetle car between a street and a bus and scrapes the bumper off and he goes we made it we made it and <laughs> entirely it's literally just so her. they can get home it's <laughs> have a meal he's the sit down. hero of this movie <laughs> <laughs> and that's when after when they get home she turns to him and she says i'm pregnant there's just so much happening in the scene no, not even home still in the car <laughs> and then he just turns and basically goes like well i made it right <laughs> <laughs> i told you <laughs> it's it's insane it's it's nonsensical it's a slog of a film but there's so many nuggets of gold i felt like i was watching it for four hours yeah no i think i died and was reborn in the time that i watched it yeah okay so a couple things i want to mention to to contextualize like i said like he founded the universal church of the kingdom of god he owns the second largest tv network in brazil Mm. um so he he didn't personally finance it. The production company is entirely owned by the church. So it, it's just a church production. Like I said, it's like if Hillsong made a movie about Hillsong and you were like, man, you know what? They're making themselves seem pretty cool. They're all getting coffee at Gloria Jeans. <laughs> but, and they're all attractive Brazilians. Funnily enough, Brazilians make up a huge amount of people that are Hillsong attendees in Australia. Anyway, so the budget was 3 million in US dollars. It was 16 million Brazilian, I think they do they use the lira? Anyway, it's 3 million US. 
And the box office, it made 36 million. But important. So it made 36 million, made 10 times as much. But a lot of reporters went to the screenings that were ostensibly sold out and found no one was there. And they started accusing the um, the church of forewalling the cinemas, which is where, like, yeah. yeah, the church just gives out tickets for a cinema they fully booked. So it inflates the box office numbers. That's incredible. So there's no way of knowing how much this movie actually made <laughs> at all. Um, and here's another thing I thought was really interesting, right? So it's it has 5.5 on IMDb, which, yeah. as we said, Higher than I expected for top of the list. There is a huge gap though between this and the next one. Yeah. With so with this movie, I looked further into the into the user ratings, and I, it's really important. So the one star ratings was twenty two point four percent, and then all the stars are around like zero point five percent, and there's actually seventy four percent are ten star ratings what? of this movie. Yeah, it's just the IMDb like weights lower scores higher mm-hmm. which is part of why it's hard to get a really high score but then you read the 10 star rating is it super religious people saying that this is the best film ever and god will cherish yes. this forever it's, it is ex- almost exclusively reviews that are wow this is the best movie i've ever seen i love Eddie Macedo. praise god uh, pr- praise god he's gonna save everyone or things being like it's faithful to the book because it's based off of his autobiography. Of course, it's faithful to the book. It's hit the same story that he spun. Yeah, um, I literally saw one review saying an uplifting movie about believing in your dreams, um, and then yeah, Christ's ambassadors, and then there's a lot of one star reviews of as real as Santa Claus. <laughs> Awful <laughs> propaganda piece. <laughs> but yeah, so like. It, it has a weirdly huge amount of 10-star reviews, but that's just because it's propagandish, which makes me think this would be much lower on the list if it wasn't for the fact that there's, like, a, literally a religious movement invested in it having a good rating on IMDb. I reckon, too. I reckon I, I was stunned by how bad the first film of the 250 films we're watching, how bad it was mm. and how much the quality must continue to decline because this was shocking. Yeah. Again, I wonder how many people watch this on Netflix with the dubbing and also that actually did affect the score to be lower because from what I can see the of dubbing the, made it worse. The actual written reviews, no one's talking about that that as a reason that they're voting at one star. I'm not sure if they'd consciously register that mm. as a reason. Either way, terrible, terrible film. Yeah. Kind of pretty. Kind of. Kind I mean, of pretty, like it makes me want to visit Rio. It but had nice lighting. Yeah. And again, as you said, some nice dresses mm. and outfits, maybe. Which, again, I think more comes down to I really like late 60s, early 70s sort of fashion, especially in South America and Europe. Who doesn't? Yeah, it's a good it's a era. Classic era. Good era. Um, but <laughs> we can't finish talking about it without talking about the little, like, teaser at the end. Did you Did you watch that? No. Okay, wait, i got to stop the recording. Okay, we're back. So I apparently didn't watch the, the end teaser. I, to be fair, as soon as the film ended and there was the signal of credits beginning, I turned it off. So yeah. there was a little teaser right at the end of the film. Yeah, so at the end, it like literally has this like rising action and he's on the phone and someone's going like, something's happening. We're getting assaulted in the street. This could be the end of our church. And then it like smashes into a close up of him before cutting to nothing to lose to like, it's an action movie. I want to say that Marvel 
that they did it before my Marvel, <laughs> but like they're like ten years late on that front. <laughs> it, it's like a post credits teaser, but it's not even post credits. It's literally right after the film apparently ends. We get yeah. one shot of I don't know what. Just like a quote. Yeah, a quote then, about God. Probably. And then there's a teaser for season for season two. <laughs> <laughs> That's how long the film felt. <laughs> yeah. It's it's oh my god. Also unrelated to any of that, but important for me, they kept referring to every single religious person in it as a bishop. Do they just use the word bishop differently th- in Brazil? I thought he was the only bishop. But he, they also referred to the head of the church they were going to as bishop and also as his like stepbrother as bishop. Also there's ranks higher than bishop in Man, I don't know. Maybe it's a different different category in Brazil. Who knows? I so there's I'm so confused. many things to question in this film. It's hard to prioritize bishop, I suppose. Yeah, I mean that's that's fair. That's why I didn't bring it up earlier. But that that kept getting to me as I was I'm like, I just don't understand religion in Brazil enough, or are they misusing these words a lot? Mm. Anyway, in terms of nothing to lose, all I did lose was my time. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. I'm I, I would have preferred a laugh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's more like it. Right. Two hours of my life lost, am I right? <laughs> um, I'm really sad that we won't be watching Nothing to Lose 2, which, because it only has 500 reviews, it isn't is on the list. It is not on the list. So, again, the first one has 22,000 reviews. This has 500. And 50. 550 a score of 3.4 um also there's three books so there might end up being a third one yeah yeah uh and it's just by all accounts worse so i'm sad we won't get to watch it but also in a much more real sense i'm very glad i'm very relieved personally i'm not sure i could sit through another two hours and 14 minutes of this man with his weird almost tommy wiseau-esque uh physique (laughs) He's the Tommy Wiseau. Of Brazil? Of Brazil. Yeah. He too looks like he's made of Play-Doh. Oh, hi, Rio. Um, <laughs> I, it has 5.5 on IMDb, but I personally would rate it lower at a solid 3 out of 10 on IMDb. And even that feels generous. Mm. Okay. So, like, I got to give it point. Like, it depends on what the floor is. Because there's movies that are on this list that, like, barely are a movie that don't even feel like they're made by human beings in that sense this is made by human beings it's shot like a movie almost too much as if someone has is just learning how to make a movie as if they got a good dop but everyone else on the like the actual set was shit. yeah it's yeah. the most obvious directorial choice at every single step uh but i i, I still gotta give it points for like it's well shot it looks like a, if I, if I saw it at a glance, I'd go, "That's a mediocre movie." No, and you would be fooled, and I'd be wrong. Mm. The first ten minutes are just meh. Again, then, it fools you into thinking yeah. it might be a mediocre film, but then as soon as you see his mom and she says, "You're not gonna climb trees, you're gonna climb mountains," and the music swells, you're like, "I'm in for a bad time." And the third act just completely loses the plot of what's going on. So I would give it. Even with those increases, I'd give it like a two and a half out of ten. Yeah, you know, like yeah. two points for being a movie, and uh, another half point for its cinematography, probably being one of the best on this list. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. 249 more movies. And next week, we will be doing 249 called Meet the Blacks, made in whatever year it was made in, because I don't have that information on hand at the moment. I don't care to look it up for you. But that's what we're doing next week. So come back next week for another terrible film. Yeah. 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 Fuck you. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) 